Welcome to Sport Faith Life. I'm Chad Carlson. And I'm Brian Bolt. We're two guys from rival schools who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. We're sports scholars, we're coaches, and we're competitive athletes, or at least we were. And together, we've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Joining us today on Sport Faith Life is Dean Bozeas, Director of Operations for Athletes in Action, a sports ministry organization based in Xenia, Ohio, in the U.S. In his role, Dean leads about 100 ministry leaders, directs massive building projects, and stays connected to the regular work of AIA, working toward its vision of having a Christ follower on every team, in every sport, in every nation. Today, Dean tells his story of starting as a college basketball player and a golfer, golf being the most important, of course, working as a teacher and a coach, then becoming a pastor and leading a large church, then moving into sport ministry with professional golfers, to his current role with AIA. We've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. Well, we're so excited to have Dean Bozeas with us today. Uh, Dean, we're going to start with our question about sport in your life. Tell us a little bit. Chad, Brian, good to be here with you today. Sports has really been a big part of my life, really from early on uh, as a kid playing in the backyard with my buddies and pickup games and all that, then youth sports, had a chance to play high school basketball and golf, and then small college basketball, and that opened the door for me uh, to play uh, some internationally. I played in Greece on several trips, so that was kind of fun to be able to do that. Uh, led me into really wanted to to coach, and so coached ended up uh, in the high school level basketball, track, cross country, baseball, and some golf. And I was able to coach some teams that went to Soviet Union, Brazil, China, and did some clinics in Kenya, Zimbabwe, Uganda, and Nigeria. So sports has given me an opportunity to see life and sport and sport ministry around the world. And I'm a, a fan of sport. I'm a big Chicago White Sox fan. My dad took me to games growing up, living in the Chicago area, a Bears fan. And I'm a, a Celtics fan because when we lived in Indianapolis, Brad Stevens was coaching Butler and we really liked him. And so we've been following and pulling for the Celtics over the last number of years. Well, that's a pretty cool and diverse background. Love hearing all that. Um, we'll have a chance to explore some more of that in a few minutes. Now, tell us a little bit about faith in your life. Uh, very important. Uh, I grew up going to church and really you know, knew there was a God. I knew the person of Jesus Christ, what he had done on the cross, but I didn't really know him in a personal way. And I think if I was coming home from high school practice and Someone said, Dean, if you got hit by a car and were killed, would you go to heaven? I would have said, well, I think so. And if they would have pressed me, I would have said, well, I've been pretty good. I've gone to church. I haven't teased my two younger sisters too much. I've, I've pretty much obeyed my folks. But I really didn't have understand what the gospel was. But it was after my senior year in high school that a coach at a camp, actually Chicago Bulls camp, I thought he was going to talk basketball, but he talked about his personal faith. It was very interesting. The next day, he talked some more, gave me a cassette tape to listen to. You guys are probably too young to even know what cassette tapes are. but uh, And it was a message by Billy Graham. 
And I had heard of Dr. Graham, but had never heard him preach. I listened to the message. It was on Mark chapter 10, the rich young ruler. And Cliff Barrows gave an invitation at the end. And on June 27th, 1973, on a dorm room floor at Aurora College, where the Bulls camp was, I knelt and asked Christ to forgive me, come into my life, save me. And I was born again and went off to college and, and got involved with FCA and in a Bible church to help disciple me. But an interesting quote uh, that I, I came to Christ the day before my 18th birthday. And a number of years ago, Howard Hendricks, the late Howard Hendricks, Bible teacher, author, pastor, said the two most important days of our life are the day we were born and the day we were born again to know why we were born. And every year when my spiritual birthday and physical birthday come back to back, I'm often able to share that quote. Well, Dean, what a what a fascinating background and a really um, a moving story about faith in your life and, and really your, your sports story as well. It's very diverse and uh, has moved you all around the world. What's one, little, one thing about you that maybe goes off those two roads and, and gives us something, an insight into who you, who you are away from those things? Well, my wife and I, we enjoy having serious radio. And when we're in the car and we're not listening to books on tape on longer drives, we generally put oldies on uh, the 60s, 70s. And I've, I've got most of those songs down and we really like the Beatles channel. I, I really love the Beatles music, the diversity and just, you know, obviously it was, uh, a youth and then a teenager during their heyday. And so it brings back a lot of memories. Fabulous. All right. We're going to have to drop uh, yellow submarine stories all, all, <laughs> all throughout. Uh, pretty fascinating. Um, and, and so now uh, as a guy that uh, has done so many things in your life, you sort of blended now this idea of sport and faith and you're working for athletes in action can you give us just a little history of uh how you ended up in that organization and um you know maybe some of the movements that you've had along the way yeah when i graduated college i wanted to get into coaching and coaching basketball and had gotten involved and started fellowship of christian athletes fca on our campus and was very involved and that was helping to disciple me early in my Christian faith. And I saw it as a platform, love coaching. And then I met my wife-to-be, Betty, uh, who we've been married 35 and a half years, have two married daughters and a, one grandson. So we're enjoying that part of life now. But I uh, really felt the Lord calling me to coach coaches and to go full-time into sports ministry with FCA. So we did that. We got married, moved to Wisconsin. Uh, seven years there, and then the Lord uh, called us. Uh, Brian, you'd like this, called us in the golf ministry. There so for go. 13 years, we were down at Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, with the FCA golf ministry and doing Bible studies and and uh, chapels on the tour events and tournaments and camps. And I got ordained as a chaplain there. And after preaching every other Sunday for a long time, the Lord opened the door for me to be called to go and pastor out in California. So we packed up our family as well as my two in-laws and we moved out to California and pastored there for a number of years, relocated back to Indiana and was pastoring there on a pastoral staff and running the church and sports and fitness ministry of a church. They had a 
beautiful 82,000 square foot indoor facility, 42 acres. And one day I went into the weight room and there was a guy with an Athletes in Action shirt on. Well, I knew Athletes in Action. I had seen their teams play a long time ago. And when I started with FCA in Wisconsin, I shared office space with an AIA staff guy. And he and two other AIA guys, one in Green Bay, one in Madison, uh, the four of us would meet monthly and pray for one another and talk about ministry. And all all those guys are still on staff with Athletes in Action uh, 35 years later. And so anyway, I got, I got to know this guy and he invited me to go with him on a basketball trip to China for sports ministry and ended up going with him, connected with him and one of the other coaches. So we maintain a good relationship. And then seven years ago, when there was some restructuring being done, and one of the guys I had coached with in China, I called and said, Dean, I know what you're doing here. We have a, a need for that here. I was ready for a new assignment. The Lord's kind of had me on that six, seven-year plan, kind of always feeling like I've been there, done that. Lord, I'm ready for something new. I felt the Lord calling us. And we came and moved here to Ohio, Xenia, Ohio, and work at the Athletes in Action World Headquarters here in Xenia. And it's an interesting story in itself, if time permits, but I've been doing that for seven years here. Dean, give us a little bit of a sense for uh, the headquarters uh, in Xenia and, and what's going on there. I think, you know, our, our listeners and and maybe many people around the United States and the world know Athletes in Action as a brand, understand that they're uh, creating teams of athletes and sending them out to play and have done so domestically for years, but probably are maybe better known for doing that globally with international trips that that combine athletic competition and, and ministry opportunities. What is it that goes on in, in Xenia at the headquarters there? Xenia is the world headquarters. We have 100 staff here of about 1,000 staff that we have totally for Athletes in Action. We're 55 years old. We're part of crew ministry, which is 67 years old. And of course, it started as touring basketball teams and touring wrestling teams. Well, we began to add staff on college campuses and then international staff. Headquarters moved a few times, but around 2000, there was a, an opportunity to move here to Xenia. Why Xenia, Ohio? Well, it was the site of a 200-acre facility that had been used as an orphanage from the time post-Civil War. And 13,500 orphans had lived on this facility. And some Christian organizations were coming in to start up a school and do some other things. They invited AIA to come, and AIA moved there and began to renovate buildings, dorm rooms, the banquet center, and then raise money to start building outdoor sports complex. And now we are in the final stages of raising funds for an indoor facility. It would be named the John Wooden Family Fieldhouse. He gave permission to only two organizations to use his name, one in his, I think, hometown of Martinsville, Indiana, and athletes in action. So we've been hard at work raising funds, build a 100,000 square foot indoor facility that would have basketball, uh, wrestling area, sports performance. Uh, outdoors, we have baseball, soccer, football, track, high and low ropes course. And uh, we use that extensively and have been for 13, 14 years. 
Well, congratulations on the uh, the progress of that facility and really the the affiliation with the name of John Wooden that um, obviously carries even today um, really a, a strong legacy as um, as a person who thought deeply about uh, the work that he did and uh, the integration of that work with faith. And I guess uh, even though you've been in ministry uh, for many years and you've been in sport ministry for many years, you really haven't been with Athletes in Action for a lot of time. Uh, but still, you're at kind of a corporate level and you're you're able to see things. I, I guess I'm wondering... Uh, Athletes in Action has been around for more than 50 years, and they have a formula, like Chad referred to, and a brand. How has that evolved and changed over the years? And how would you say, um, what what has Athletes in Action learned by doing this for so many years, and, and how have they sort of modified what they're doing? Good question, Jared. Thanks, Brian. I think we've we've always been true to the the mission of crew the mission of crew and then with us is to help create spiritual movements through sport everywhere so that everyone knows someone who's a follower of Jesus Christ and so we use, we accomplish the mission of crew through that we've developed a vision statement of seeing a day when there's a Christ follower on every team in every sport in every nation so that drive for every uh, keeps us motivated uh, our values our crews primary values of faith, fruitfulness, and growth. We try to incorporate those. Uh, but certainly, Athletes in Action has developed over the years uh, from the traveling teams to sending international team, you know, traveling teams around the country, then international teams, then campus ministry. I think we've, we've always stayed true, not only to the vision and mission, but to the real heartbeat, the DNA of win, build, send, win, build, send. That is everything, sharing Christ, seeing athletes, one to Christ, building them up in the faith, teaching them how to be multiplying disciples, sending them out into the world. And AIA has held true to that. I, I think with us having a facility now and trying to expand that, we are going into new avenues. Matter of fact, I serve currently in a new role over the past year of chief of staff of the catalytic ministries. And we call it that because we're trying to bring change, uh, catalyst, a catalytic type of change uh, within sport. And we're doing that through our campus work here, through our help with staff that are on campuses around the country and internationally. Uh, Going into unreached countries, we've had crew staff come to us and around the world and say, very difficult to get into some of these restricted countries, but sport opens doors for us. And we are putting together teams, live teams, once this pandemic finishes up, but virtual teams over the past year and training and coaching that have gone into restricted countries, built relationships with coaches and athletes, and have opened door for crew staff or athletes and action staff to begin having inroads in places where there are unreached people. And so I think Brian and Chad, that's that's really an exciting part, the new audiences that the Lord is opening doors for us, but still ministering 
to the core group of athletes here in the United States. I love the metaphor of the word catalyzing, right? That you're, you're catalyst, meaning that you're, uh, you're igniting, you're inspiring, you're in some ways doing a new thing. You know, we're the, we're the, we worship a God uh, who is forever the same, but our God is a God who does a new thing as well. Yes. And um, I, I love that metaphor. In some ways, what you're talking about here with going using sport to get into areas that maybe are, are less open to uh, to the Word of God is the original basketball ideology. I mean, this is the reason why the sport was created by James Naismith, right? Uh, it was to in some ways, win, build, and send. It was to actually, well, it was to keep these these rowdy YMCA <laughs> International school, school boys. Um, you know, it was it was to keep them out of trouble in the winter. But they were the ones that were gonna that were gonna go out and be secretaries at YMCA's in the United States, or go out and be missionaries abroad. And so, basketball traveled across outside of U.S. borders relatively quickly in its in its life. And so, it's interesting that you know I'm a basketball guy, you're a basketball guy. Brian's a, a basketball guy as well. Brian's a golf guy. You're a golf guy. And we've got these overlapping sport interests here. And I wonder if you can speak to, you know, basketball as as a vessel for ministry specifically. You know, what is it what is it about basketball or how is it that that basketball and maybe sport in general um, has been able to to transcend borders or allow people to come together in a way that oftentimes they're unwilling to um, when it's religion at the core? Yeah, that's, that's a great uh, question there, Chad. A couple of thoughts come to mind. One is that the trip to China that we took in 2009, uh, ironically, it was 20 years after Tiananmen Square. We were there right during that time frame, so a little more security uh, going on. But they put, everybody was playing basketball. There was basketball everywhere. We would we'd drive and we'd see a pickup game, you know, kids playing, and we'd go stop. And we had all these big college players, and and they were just in awe watching them. And I and I'm thinking, wow, basketball is really popular here in China. And I'm thinking, you know, well, I know Yao Ming and uh, Jeremy Lin, and so. But then I'm remembering, you know, Naismith when he invented it was missionary. They brought basketball in the early 1900s. They've been playing basketball in China for a hundred years. It's nothing new here, but they love seeing Americans and. It really gave us an open door to uh, to share Christ. We'd sit at. The, I remember sitting down, watching where our guys were just interacting with the kids, having pickup games, and there were just people sitting there. And I was able to engage them in spiritual conversations because the the basketball opened that door. Because they were there, they were watching their their friends play, or they were waiting to get in. And they had uh, a door open to uh, to hear the gospel, so that was good. And I, I, I share a story. This pa- these past five days, over the past twenty years, we've had an international coaches academy. We brought coaches from all over the world into Xenia and trained them and sent them home. Well, we couldn't do that this year, so we did a virtual. We had 170 international coaches on our Facebook page. About uh, 50 or 55 were on our training sessions over the last five days. But to your point, Chad, a couple of the guys from Philippines that were on, they said, Philippines is crazy about basketball. We love basketball. We just were, you know, we're enamored with it and we use it as a tool. So here are coaches in the Philippines 
using basketball for ministry and saying how important it is. So it just reinforced what a universal game it is. Uh, certainly soccer, uh, you know, football, as other nations know it, is is the most widely watched and probably participated in. But I think basketball has certainly captured the imagination of most of the world, and it's fun to see that. You know, you, know, you mentioned um, bringing all these coaches into to Xenia. You're probably aware that the word Xenia is this uh, philosophy from ancient Greece of hospitality. Hospitality, city so the, of hospitality, the, right? Cities of hospitality, it's, it's aptly named. And I just wanted to state for the record that what Dean was saying is that basketball is the best sport, uh, just so that there's there's no... There's no lack of clarity there. Brian might want to ask about golf at some point in time, but we've established basketball as, as the premier sport for mission work. It's all right, Chad. You'll be converted at some point, but I, I'll let you just wallow in your space for a little while. I, I have been to the Philippines, just to bring it back to that, and and done some basketball ministry, and there's nothing actually more humbling than just getting completely uh, beaten by a guy in flip-flops. I mean, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm lacing up my, my uh, high tops, and these guys are just zipping around me in basically bare feet, like a like a fifty cent pair of flip flops, and they're just beating me. So pretty humbling. Uh, and I wonder, Dean, if I could go just a little further into sort of the, I guess the day to day work and the nitty gritty of how this works, because it's really interesting to me. I mean, everyone try. You talk about open doors, right? And uh, people that are in ministry are looking for these open doors. And, and in your case, it's sport or it's basketball, but others use any other way to connect and build a relationship. Tell me how, and you, you have, uh, God has used you, I'm sure, to uh, bring people to Christ. Um, what, what, is, what is it about the sport, the love of sport, um, that opens the door particularly? And then how does it work? How does it work for an individual person or people in community to sort of translate um, that shared love of sport uh, into a conversation? Well, I think with athletes, we've got a, you know, a captive audience and, you know, certainly we've seen it over this past year when athletes have had seasons canceled, seasons changed, uh, they've had to sit out of games, maybe seasons. Uh, It certainly has Put a, a big stress mentally, emotionally, relationally, as well as the physical part. But we find that with athletes, and you guys having been athletes and, and loving sports, you know that athletes can very easily find their identity in their sport, in their performance. And it becomes very performance based. And when you perform well, you feel good. When you don't perform well, you feel bad. And and it's just high and low. And I think one of the ways that we can see life change, and we have seen life change, is by helping people understand that the identity comes from a relationship with God in Christ, that uh, his love for us and his willingness to die on a cross for us and give us new life, that's the identity that we need to focus in on. And so part of our ministry is called the Ultimate Training Camp, UTC. And over the years, they've developed five principles for life and sport. And the first one is audience of one. You know, who are you really playing for? And we have to understand we're not playing for our coach, our you know, not, not our own personal 
accolades, but we're we're really ultimately playing uh, for God. Not that God is sitting in the bleachers cheering for us, but we we want to acknowledge him and, and thank him and give back to him because of what he's given. And then the second one is inside game. And that really deals with that performance mentality that, that we're, we, we're not a product of what we do. We are a person created in God's image. And so we can delve into those type of things. Then we deal with uh, injury. We deal with hard work. We deal with ultimate motivation, those other principles. But I, I think that has been a real building block for the success that we've seen in terms of what the Lord's been pleased to do in lives. And the ultimate training camp, taking college athletes, we have college staff. So back to your question, on on our campus, we've got about 100 staff. We have a finance department, our senior leadership, our uh, tech people and social media uh, areas. Uh, our catalytic ministry, which are our sports teams. So on a day-to-day basis, we've got people in soccer and football, and they're working on developing local programming. They're working on trying to recruit athletes to take on an international trip as soon as that door opens. Um, we've got the the campus ministry is there equipping our campus ministry people all around the country. We've got our pro ministry headquartered there working with chaplains in NFL and in uh, MLS, Major League Soccer. And so we have a scope there. So the hub of what goes on in Xenia are the staff people training, equipping, preparing. And then of course, we're bringing in athletes on the campus. They stay in our dorms, they eat in our banquet center and they perform on a sports complex. One quick note, you know, in the past year, as we've been raising money over the last number of years, raising for wooden, we took a big step in a pandemic. And we said, we're going to take a half a million dollars out of that fundraising, and we're going to renovate the basement of our banquet center, and we're going to make it into a high-end sports performance training center. And we opened it up in January. And because of that, we have an NBA G League player that's coming to stay and train. We have a current NFL player who's getting ready for minicamp coming to train. Two weeks ago, we had 90 draft eligible or free agent football players for a combine and pro day because the NFL and the CFL haven't been able to do it this year to a much of a degree. We did it and we were able to love on and care for those athletes, give them great uh, testing opportunity uh, so that they can take those results, give them to their agents and try to hook on with a NFL, CFL or an international team somewhere. And so really exciting what we've got going already because of this sports performance training center. And I think it's just a prelude to what will happen when we open up the wooden field house. It's the city of hospitality. Yes. Dean, what, you're, what you've experienced uh, throughout the course of your ministry is, um, would be, I, I suppose, a, a fairly natural type of evolution, but I wonder if you can speak to that. So anybody that does ministry is a leader of some sort, right? So you, you're leading uh, others, and, and yet you've stepped into now these leadership positions as, as a leader of ministry leaders. And I wonder if you can speak to... Um, 
that that change and that evolution and and how your perspective um, has gone from uh, a ministry of of others to now ministry of others who are doing ministry of others. You're on a second order level of of ministry right now. What's that like, and how is that different from some of the things you had done earlier in your career? Yeah, good good point there, and and I think it's trying to keep good uh, you know a perspective on all of that. So when you look at Ephesians 4.12, equipping the saints, you know, I've served as a pastor. I consider myself still a pastor, and pastors are there to help equip the saints. So I, I've seen that role of, of trying to invest in others, and, of course, that's part of our DNA, again, wind, build, send. So we've tried to do that all along. But I, but certainly there were days in ministry where I was more actively involved leading you know, a majority of the Bible studies and, and hands-on on that, and now taking that next step. And while it's important for me to, to model, to share from my experience and what I've seen, what I've learned through many mistakes and help others maybe not uh, go in that direction to avoid those, I, I think that's been, you know, an, an essential part of that. Jesus said in, in Luke 640, a, a disciple is not above his teacher, but every one who is fully trained will be like his teacher. And I think the motivation to help others become more Christ-like and use the vehicle of sport is uh, is really important. So that being said, I look at how I can supervise staff, coach them, correct them when need be, train them. But I still, Chad, Brian, I still want to keep some hands on. I think we need to do that to stay fresh. So through my church, I'm teaching Sunday school and I'm teaching a small group. I I serve on the elders council. That keeps me in tune that way with athletes in action. I have opportunities to share devotionals at chapel sometime and do that. So it's not a major part of what I do but it's still important to kind of stay sharp, stay in the game, but then take that and try to invest my experiences into others as they are on that journey of using sport for ministry. And I think that's good for all leaders to uh, stay connected to the things that brought them in to the, the, uh, the interest. Right. And, also, like you said, to uh, be able to relate and stay sharp, uh, really helpful as you think about um, training leaders and preparing people to do maybe what you had done for many years before. So I guess uh, bringing it back down then to that sort of space, I wonder, um, sport itself comes under a good amount of criticism, right? For some of the reasons you identified, right? So uh, people finding their identity through sport, it might be, it might turn into a really negative uh, experience. Or uh, sometimes the, the the circle the wagons idea where uh, a person can't uh, ask really tough questions within a sporting environment. Uh, there, there are things that, and, and maybe even stargazing, you know, somebody rockets to the top and then you end up with people uh, wanting to affiliate really badly and making bad choices. Um, Athletes in Action has had to navigate all of that, right? Because r- right now you're 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 in the middle of that as a as an organization trying to figure out how to deal with this really hot item called sport. Uh, how have you how have you sort of wrestled with that 
as an organization or even you individually as you thought, you know, sometimes this brings great things into a person's life and sometimes, man, it's destructive. Well, I think having coached for eight years on high school level and being involved in sport, you know, and being a competitive person, you know, I look at our staff and most of them have come out of a, a playing background, a coaching background. So there's there's a high level of competition, women and men, in, on our staff. And I think we've had to wrestle with that. And, you know, in wanting to develop our programs and our ministries, at times we've become a little siloed. You know, well, I'm building the football program here and I'm building the soccer program. And we've had to be very intentional, particularly this last year with the lockdowns of saying, okay, how do we work together? How do we play better in the sandbox together? and help one another. And I think we've made great strides. We did some things digitally and brought all the different uh, sport teams together and working better with our campus ministry. It's an ongoing process because I think, again, that competitive nature, we can get uh, territorial and and we see that in churches, right? Pastors can become that. So it's I, to please Christ and to show the unity of the spirit, we, we've got to yield and and show that type of working together. A couple of things come to mind. One, you know, certainly sport, the motivation can be driven. I think we heard from several of the coaches this week that people start off playing sport for the love of the game, but then as they get better at the money, the fame, prestige, uh, the accolades, um, all of that become a, a, a prime motivating factor. And so we've got to recognize that and try to combat that. And one of the teaching points we made this week, and I think it was really good, was challenging the coaches, are you a transactional coach or a transformative coach? Transactional coach sees your athletes as people to be used so that you can win games, gain a reputation, go to the next level, move your team up to a new division. Uh, and you're just using them and you're not really cared beyond what they can do for you. A transformative coach uh, sees it differently, sees athletes, unique people, they're playing sport, want to invest in them and hopefully uh, have a spiritual impact. And that hopefully as a, a, a Christ follower, they will be an even better athlete because they have greater motivation uh, to give back to the Lord. They are people of integrity and character. And so I think that really resonated with the coaches, but it's something that's been learned over experience and it's continually something we've got to fight against in terms of our own competitive nature and background and experience and and yield to the to the fruit of the spirit and allow him to bring unity and cooperative efforts. I think that's really very important for us. So I imagine that at each of these um, coaching experiences where you're bringing international coaches in or you know, virtually you're bringing them to Xenia, you guys are probably learning quite a bit just as you're teaching. Right? You learn from the experiences of others around the world. Sport certainly has elements that are uniform as they're played around the world, right? We know a basket's going to be 10 feet tall. We know we know what the rules of the games are going to be, or at least to, to a great extent. And yet there are, there are unique circumstances socially. Sport is not immune from cultural forces, no matter where it's played. And what are some of the things that you're seeing when you, when you bring together a group of international coaches? 
what are some of the things that that they experience that might be different from what a sort of a mainstream American sport experience might be? Well, I know one of our, we've added a fourth value to our core group of values, and that's oneness, biblical oneness. Uh, That incorporates a lot of different things, but certainly in terms of uh, differences in color and culture, and we have, I believe we've been on a cutting edge of doing that. Matter of fact, we, um, uh, we've got a, a donor event coming up in Virginia at the end of the month here, and we're going to have a little video clip that Athletes in Action was instrumental in doing the post-game huddle at NFL games, you know, the teams kneeling around. And when you see black and white athletes holding hands, praying with one another, uh, when you see the group of coaches coming in, uh, Hispanic and black and brown and uh, white coaches and every color culture, but talking about sport, talking about how to be a better coach, how to make a difference in loving and caring for people. I, I think Athletes in Action is on a cutting edge there of, of trying to break many of these barriers down. And I think sport does that. And I think better than probably, you know, it's not perfect, but I think, and and I applaud many of the athletes who've stood up this year and talked about injustice and said, you know what, I do have a platform here and I'm going to, I'm going to share that and I'm going to try to do it in a constructive manner. And I think the dialogue has been good. I think it's been brought to people's attention that there has been inequity and what can we do to try to change that? And so Athletes in Action has had that as a, I mean, we're a predominantly white ministry. I mean, we've got to admit that. So our, our challenge is how do we identify more minority people to come and be on staff and, and represent what sport looks like on the college and pro level? Because it has all colors and cultures. And so we are intentionally trying to do a better job of that to look more like the athletes that we and the coaches that we work with. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I appreciate that perspective, Dean, as we uh, live in a time of elevating this notion, this the idea of diversity and difference. Uh, and yet uh, uh, oneness uh, can also be a, uh, a true uh, aspect that can be brought out. So when we think about our our diversity and the different cultures, uh, that that biblical concept of oneness brings us back um, to a place. And sport has been there for a long time, right? So sport, uh, with its own inequities, has has found a way to bring black and white together in a in a really unique circumstance. Um, and and it continues to evolve, and it's been uh, really interesting to watch. And and I think uh, ministries will have to be on the front lines in considering um, how to move into the next generation. Uh, so I I certainly appreciate that, and I appreciate this conversation. Unfortunately, we're we're about to the end, and I just want to give you one last uh, chance here to to uh, maybe provide a parting message, um, maybe a little bit more about if somebody's interested in Athletes in Action, what would they do or where would they go? Uh, that would be helpful. Well, Chad and Brian, thank you for the platform today to, to share a little bit about life and sport and how it's impacted me. Uh, love the Ministry of Athletes in Action. 
if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're involved in sport, if you're a sport fan, and we've totally redone our webpage and it's real easy to navigate and it's got great resources, articles, stories, ways you can connect. It's just very simply athletesinaction.org, athletesinaction, spell it all out, athletesinaction.org. And I think it's a, a great resource and there's several different apps that you can find on there that you can pull up as a coach athlete and get some good information on a daily basis and stay in tune with some of the events, the programs, the opportunities that we offer for athletes and coaches to get involved in the ministry. Thanks so much, Dean. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Be happy to do that. Lord bless you. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests, so you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com. Yeah.